Graziani's pulled away towards the penalty spot. Coming up on this side, Antonio Cabrini from left back. Chipping it in, and a possibility for... Oh, Rossi! Rossi's got it! Paolo Rossi has done it! 1-0 to Italy, after only five minutes. Who finds Leandro? Serizo. Oh, Rossi! And Rossi did again! 2-1! Paolo Rossi! Terrible mistake by Serizo. And Italy are in front for the second time. Rossi didn't need to be asked twice. Two goals in 24 minutes. Italy lead 2-1. Bagomi is up there. Shot by Tardelli. And it's been turned in. Paolo Rossi was there again. Unbelievable. It's 3-2 to Italy. Would you believe it? The ball turned in once more. The header back in by Bagomi. The shot by Tardelli. And Paolo Rossi struck with his right foot and has completed a hat-trick. One of the most remarkable, possibly, in the World Cup. only club in Europe to take the bloody competition seriously. That's true. Yeah, but then you're guaranteed a spot in the Champions League. That's why. For Yeah, for being guaranteed a spot in the Champions League, they seem to always be in the bloody Europa League anyway. Because they get knocked out and go into the Europa. Always finish third in their group. So it happens. Anyway, ragazzi, um, let's do an intro to uh, this week's episode. So welcome to Chronicles on the Fly, episode number 20-something. Jeez, we're getting up there, Cosa. We're getting up there. Just like last week, it's a, a shitty topic of the podcast because another great of the world game, this time closer to home, we could say, we found out has passed away. The great Pablito Rossi, star of the 1982 Italian World Cup winning side. Mm-hmm. Boys, what the hell's going on? Uh, it's coming to that time you know, where... The guys are getting to that age now where they're, unfortunately, leaving this world. Well, even not 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 quite even really because Maradona last week was sixty. Yeah. This week it's it's Paolo Rossi and he was sixty four. It's not that old in terms of, you know, life expectancy. It's uh, very sad. I mean, Jeez. we grew up with the legend of the nineteen eighty two World Cup winning team, right? I think we were too young. Obviously, we were too young. Dom, Dom, you probably weren't even born yet. I wasn't even a glint in the eye back then. Exactly, he wasn't right? even but swimming at all. <laughs> the first thing I ever learned about about soccer was Italy won the World Cup in 1982, and this is, I don't know, this this legend, this mythical team. That's what the way it always uh, uh, seemed or appeared to me. Mm. And Paolo Rossi was the I suppose the leader, because he scored all those goals in the World Cup. Chiama in avanti Cabrini. Rossi, goal! Rossi! Italia 
il vantaggio Rossi quinto minuto Italia 1 Brasile 0 ha segnato Rossi 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 e ancora l'Italia in vantaggio errore di Junior errore di Junior prontamente sfruttato da Rossi ed è il pareggio di nuovo Rossi di nuovo Rossi su calcio d'angolo terzo gol di Rossi rilancio di sopra è finita è finita l'Italia è fina semifinalista ha battuto il Brasile in una partita esaltante la più bella che cancella ogni dubbio Oh, he's always going to have that legend, though, is he? The legend, that's for sure. I don't think that'll ever be gone. But it is, it is a bit sad that you see the uh, the idols of yesteryear dropping. I think it was un- unexpected as well, because I never knew he was ill. I didn't know he was ill. If he was ill, I don't think many people knew about it. He must have kept it under wraps as much as possible. But apparently he'd gone off the TV screens. He was a, you know, a commentator or pundit. But he hadn't been seen on Italian TV for, I think, most of the year. Very sad. Scored that memorable hat-trick against the Brazil team in the crucial second round match of the 82 World Cup where they uh, beat Brazil 3-2, Rossi scoring every goal. And that's probably considered the greatest World Cup match ever. I think uh, I'll probably go home tonight and watch that game, I reckon. Got it recorded. So that's probably the one of the one of the greatest World Cup performances ever, if not the greatest in that game. So I've heard people have said it was a very good game. There was a bit of an upset or two apparently back in the day, them beating Brazil. Brazil was expected to romp that home, eh? Well, Brazil always was, you know, they get eulogized as the greatest the greatest team to never win the World Cup. To me, they weren't uh, that that much of a fantastic team. They had a fantastic midfield, one of the best midfields of all time, but in terms of the rest of the squad, they were below average. Crap striker, crap defence and goalkeeper and just absolutely brilliant midfield. You don't win World Cups with brilliant midfields. You need you need uh, key position players across each line, you know, defence, midfield, attack, right? And they didn't have that. They Far from that. Some great play, but really they played against numpties, okay? Scotland, they weren't much top, all right? They beat Argentina 2-1 or 3-1, sorry. Italy beat Argentina 2-1. And that was really their their best result. They beat Argentina 3-1. Apart from that, Italy was, in my opinion, far superior. And that was 50% because of Paolo Rossi and his his amazing finishing ability. If there was a a striker that you want scoring a goal for your life, he's probably the one. Rest in peace, Paolo Rossi. Absolutely. Who do you play for? He played... uh, Played for you, though. Four seasons, I think, with Juventus. Also played a season at Milan and finished his season. He's finished his career at uh, Verona. Oh, Hellas Verona. Yeah. Um, he actually started his senior career, just looking on Wikipedia, started his senior career as a Juventus player but didn't play. They loaned him straight out to Como. Mm, you saw that. And then he went to his hometown club, Vicenza, mm-hmm. between 76 and 79. And Juventus picked him up again from there. And that's where he became great. Didn't he win the Ballon d'Or? 
1983, he won the Ballon d'Or, best European player. Uh, with Juventus, he won the Serie A twice, Coppa Italia once, European Cup Winners' Cup, UEFA Super Cup, and the European Super Cup. Did all right. With Vicenza, he won uh, second division, Serie B, in the 1976-77 season. His greatest time as a footballer was while with Juventus and, uh, and the national team during that period too, between 81 and 85. I've actually got to go, fellas. Sorry. I'll jump in again next time. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay. Ciao. So what are, what, are we, uh, what are we speaking about on today's episode? Well, I thought I wouldn't mind talking about the uh, AFL draft with a young kid saying he doesn't want to play interstate. Who's that? I've not followed anything about the AFL draft, so the floor's yours. Fill me in. No, the AFL was a player from Victoria, young kid who said he didn't want – he would have preferred that he didn't get drafted to any Eastern States club because he didn't think he was mature enough to – to play, just uh, to stay away from Victoria. I'm like, why nominate for the draft for? That's the whole <laughs> reason you're nominating for the draft. You shouldn't pick, you're able to pick and choose. Well, he's probably rolling the dice to be drafted by a Victorian club. Well, he was drafted by Essendon in the end. There you go. I just thought it was a bit, uh, I mean, why have a draft if you're going to say, I want to play for? Well, it's probably, it was probably a tactic, right? Put it out there that he doesn't want to leave Victoria so no one will touch him. Apart from Victorian clubs. Yes, but what I'm saying is that AFL Who, who are we talking about anyway? Who is this person, player? It was it Archie Perkins, the kid's name was? But anyway, that's that's what I reckon if if this kid said that. He's put, he's put it out there so that he gets to stay in Victoria, so no interstate clubs will, uh, will pick him up. It worked. Yes, but do you think that's the right thing to do? No. I mean, if I was AFL, I'd be a little bit annoyed. Yeah. But he did it. It worked. Good on him. Yeah, I just think that it's almost defeats the purpose of having a draft in that case. Probably. But can you put a gag on people? Was he one of the was he one of the highly rated uh draft nominees? Early draft pick from what I can what I can tell. Right. I think they're early, yeah, one, one of the highly rate rated ones, so that's why they put a microphone in front of his mouth. Mm-hmm. So he had the opportunity to put it out there and he did. Yeah. So he's uh Smart media operator, you could say already. Yes, but yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is, unfortunately, I think they're going to set a bit. Of, this is a bit of a dangerous precedence for the AFL to the players to be draftees to be set in with the AFL because what's going to happen is they're going to be able to pick and choose to say, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. And but what would have happened? What, like, what what I'm trying to say is players like if you ask Simon Black, he would have wanted to stay in WA, but he ended up moving to. Brisbane and set up his life in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Matthew Pavlich was crying when he got drafted by the Dockers. I mean, obviously, <laughs> he got drafted by the Dockers. It's enough to start crying. But but what I'm saying is he moved over to WA and he set his whole life up here now. So if they said, oh, I want to stay here, I'm going to stay there, they might have lost that opportunity to play. Like, like what would have what would happened to um, Simon Black at the time if he said, oh, I want to stay and play for the Eagles or the Dockers? I want to stay in Western Australia. He might not have played in three premierships. Never won a Norm Smith. Maybe the Eagles would have won three premierships. Oh, Put well. it together with uh, Cousins, Kerr and Judd. Then again, they probably wouldn't have picked up Judd if they'd picked up Simon Black. But who knows? Anyway. 
Well, I think at that time, was it the 2003 draft? I don't know. Pushing my memory, mate. But anyway, I'm pretty sure that this this kid is probably not the first one to put it out there that he didn't want to go to a certain state or, you know, wanted to stay in a certain state, right? But I'm, I'm pretty sure someone else has said that and still been picked up interstate and gone. What I'm saying is you're playing for – this is your job now. If that's part of your job is to travel and be overseas – if you don't want to, if you don't want to stay in Victoria, get an apprenticeship as a plumber or an electrician. Not go to school there, become an accountant, whatever. But that goes that's part and parcel of being an AFL footballer. There is not there's a chance that you might have to move overseas or over east or over over on the west to a different different state. Now, what would happen if you're in the NBA? Like, when you think about any other league in the world, Simon. Well, young footballers, like soccer players, coming up, they got to they got to change countries. If they're from Australia, they got and they got a bit of potential. At 15, 16, they're gone. They left. They don't even stay here. They go to a foreign country because it's just part and parcel of, of that job. Or if that's what you want to do, of of being as part of your career. In December, my interest in AFL is uh, pretty much zero. What about cricket? How's the interest in cricket gone? Uh, it's Australia India at the moment. Are they playing at the moment? Oh, they've had the, the series that Australia lost the T20. What are they? What have they been playing? One days? They had the one days and they had the T20. So, all right, both formats that I rarely even bother looking at. So, you you know that I'm a test uh, test cricket fan and not, and not much else. So, yeah, but uh, I don't mind watching a bit of the uh, oh, white ball. My white ball game. Actually, what I do would like to talk about. Did you watch the Formula One? No, I didn't watch the race and I still haven't seen the uh, incident uh, with Grosjean's crash. No, no, after Grosjean's crash. I'm talking about well, Grosjean's crash was two, not last race, the race before. That was Bay Run. Oh, well, I've missed the last two then and probably I've missed – I probably – actually, I don't think I've seen any since uh, Hamilton secured the, the championship for the season. After that, I threw the towel in. Well, you missed out two races. Now, okay. Hamilton, I don't know if you know, he's got coronavirus, so he can't race at the moment. Yes, yes. And he's been replaced with George Russell. Yes, I did know that. Now, Hamilton is a fantastic driver. We all know that. We can't take it away from him. But I'd like to make a comment to say, look at George Russell. You're throwing him into a car, got the fastest lap time, should have won the race. Yes, so I did. I did read something about uh, they stuffed up a pit stop and possibly. How do you stuff up a pit stop like that? Well, possibly did it on purpose because it would look very stupid for Mercedes if George Russell comes in his first drive in Hamilton's car and wins the race because that would show that it's pretty obvious that it's not Hamilton; it's the car. No, no, I think it's pretty obvious. Look, look, we won't take it away. Lewis is a great driver, but. Max Verstappen said it. That car is amazing, and it just proves the fact. Like George Russell was, like, put, okay, he jumped in a car and he was two hundredths of a second slower to get pole position in qualifying. So between him and Valeri, it was two hundredths of a second. Nothing. So he he qualified second by two hundredths of a second. Yeah, right. So there's nothing in it. Okay, now. 
he was scheduled to win that race if it wasn't for the stuff up of his team. Imagine how stupid that would look for Mercedes, right? If a kid on his first drive comes in, takes over from the reigning champion in his car and wins the race, they don't want him to win the race. Firstly, they don't need the win. Secondly, if he wins, he shows up Lewis Hamilton as not being the best driver, but it's because it's the best car, which I've been saying forever. No, no, we look. I think it's just proven that even though he didn't win, he didn't even win, and it proves that he's the look fastest lap. It's proved it, and it proves that Valeri Bottas isn't as good as if you had George Russell there. So I don't know why Mercedes are not going to put George Russell in next year. Well, how long's Bottas got to go on his contract? I'm not sure. And like, if you watch there's an overtaking maneuver where George Russell takes Bottas, you go, wow. This kid's got some. This kid's got some ticker. Who's he normally race for? Williams, but he's a Mercedes reserve driver. What else on our uh, our list of talking points? Oh, we got our fearless leader. I was going to say Mike McGowan. <laughs> fearless, fearful, fearful leader. Sorry, that's right. Very, very true there. So have that. So he didn't want to attend the National Cabinet meeting with all the state premiers and uh, and Prime Minister because of the border between is – it, is this the reason why? Explain – make sure I've got this right. Because there's a hard border between WA and South Australia, mm-hmm. so he didn't want to have contact with the South Australian Premier. Correct. That's from my understanding. That's what I said. What, a, what an insult. Seriously. An absolute virtue signaller. And an insult, firstly, to the South Australian Premier, name escapes me. Steve Marshall. Steve Marshall. Secondly, to South Australians. A slap in the, and also makes West Australians, firstly, Mark McGowan, and secondly, Western Australians just makes us look stupid. He's an embarrassment, mate. He's an embarrassment. And the fact that he's going to romp it in in the next election is just an indictment on this state. That, that Western Australians are so, so stupid that they cannot see through his fake-ass bullshit. You know what I mean? He kept us safe. He's kept us safe. Well, fucking give me the job. Give me the job for 2020. I would have kept everyone safe. Would have been a piece of fucking piss. Anybody could have done it. All right? The, 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 the biggest thing that Mark McGowan has done in this year is pass the wheel-clamping legislation which I think is still to be done. No, no, that's gone. That went through last week. That's- well, play that play that applause audio, Mel, because that's something that should have been done in five minutes of parliament time three years ago, okay? But that's the greatest accomplishment he's done this year, all right? Don't give me any of this border bullshit, okay? He's just an absolute clown. That's my thoughts. For him to use that excuse... I mean, number one, that's your job. That's his job. First point. Your job is to represent the people of Western Australia. The South Australian Premier is not going to be there if he's under any risk of, of having. No, none of the other Premiers would be there. Exactly. Right? It's your job to be at this National Cabinet. You've got to be the outlier, and that's what I mean by virtue signalling. He's making a stance, okay? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, he's just he's just gross. Yeah, because uh, there was someone made a uh, someone sent a tweet out which was really good, and he went, "Poor Mark McGowan, scared of South Australia. What a weak idiot he looks like. Frontline workers have sacrificed their lives and possibly their health dealing with COVID all year. Loathe to use this, but the term needs to be said: man up." Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought that, that tweet is 100% right. There's doctors and nurses and frontline people working in hospitals that have had to actually deal with people with COVID. Yeah. And they do it, step up to the plate, and do it day in, day out. And then the Premier who's representing me and us should be there representing us at the National Cabinet. Now, I'm sorry that, that now that's just my opinion. I think he should. I think that's most West Australians' opinion. Even ones who support him, I've you know been reading comments online, just saying this is ridiculous. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I think I think he's tarnished himself a little bit with this one. I think that he thinks he's invincible. I think he thinks that he's got such a lead in the polls that he can do whatever he wants. Oh, and I don't think it's going to happen that the polls are going to turn around. And even though they're not, I don't believe in the ninety whatever percent approval rate. That's bullshit. But they are still there's way out of whack, okay, in favour of Labor. Oh, yeah, he's he'll romp it in. There's no question of that. He'll still romp it in. But what he deserves is for the the polls to swing around the other way. He deserves that slap in the face. And the other thing that I find very insulting to South Australians too is one, he said that he's going to open the border on the 25th of December. So out of all days, he's going to open on Christmas Day, but. The 28-day rule he's got is officially on the 18th. So, God forbid someone wanted to come over and spend Christmas Day with their family. God forbid. Exactly. I just don't like – I don't like this user's politics. That's what I really don't like. Changes the, um, the goalposts, you know, all the time. Uh, what about the uh, Safe WA app? Have you downloaded it? No, not yet. To be honest, I haven't really been anywhere where I've needed to use it. I have. I mean, I haven't used it. I have been a few places where they've had it, but I haven't downloaded it. I just write my name in because they, they have the name sheets as well. I just write my name on there. I don't know. I'm just a little bit sceptical about these apps and, and what data they have access to on, from your phone. So if I can just do it the manual way, I'll do it the manual way. And then I know that they're only taking my name and phone number and uh, I think that's it. Name and phone number is all you've got to got to write down and that's fine but um, you know then that way I know that there's no access to my contact list or anything like that and I don't know maybe that's a bit of paranoia but at least I'm being sure that um, you know true. the rest of the data on my phone is is safe true and I think um, that's a fair way of doing it I don't know about uh, I'm not sold on it but I think it's inevitable that we're going to have to do it that's all what do you mean? Do what? Use that safe WA app. Oh, but why? Like, if you can just continue writing your name down on the on the page, on the name sheet, then why do you need the um, the app? It's just a pain in the ass, mate. The places I've been to, uh, I haven't had to line up to do it. It's like there's the pen, there's the page. Write your name, write your number, carry on. Yeah, it takes fifteen seconds. I don't, I don't intend to download it. I want to say I intend to download it, but uh, I see how much I can put up with doing all that, all that bullshit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I just, you know, do you trust that uh, 
I think it's the Department of Health. You trust that they're only going to keep your uh, data for 28 days and then it gets destroyed? Well, I don't think that any data gets destroyed ever, right? Because it's easier to keep it than destroy it. So, true. true. Not that there's, you know, anything to hide. It's just the principle of it. I just, you know, just don't like government knowing more than they need to know. Even if it's something as, you know, as simple as that I attended a hairdresser at, you know, such and such time and dates or a restaurant or any, any location. I mean, it's, I don't see how they can make the app mandatory because firstly, you've got to prove that I've got a smartphone, right? I could just say, well, I've got a Nokia 8210. It doesn't, uh, doesn't install apps. <laughs> oh, what a phone. Or Great phone. I don't own a phone. 8210, the good old Nokia. That was the little one, wasn't yeah. it? That was the little one. That was my first phone. Classic phone. What a classic. Jeez. Remember those days? We always used to want the smaller the phone. Today's days, now it's, everyone wants a bigger phone. Oh, yes. Uh, what about just going back to sport? Uh, well, technically mm-hmm. it's sport, but uh, the Millwall fans, did you see this? I didn't. I, I, I didn't see it. I heard about it. So their team playing against I don't know who, um, but at the, the beginning of the match, or before the before the start of the match, both teams knelt and did the, uh, you know, taking it taking a knee for Black Lives Matter, and the Millwall home fans. And I'm surprised there is even fans allowed at the moment, uh, but there they are. Um, they booed. So what do you think of that? Well, I think it just goes to show that I think sports are a place where people where people want to not think about political stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They just they just want to that's their that's their release in, in life is to, to like that 90 minutes of just unwinding and thinking about the ball going in the back of the net or the you know the 100 minutes of the f- the, the pigskin going through the two posts or watching the race for an hour or whatever. I think it's just that time that people want their their mind to unwind, relax. Yeah, well, well, I think what you're saying is people want to go there to be entertained and not lectured to. I don't, I don't say about lecturing. I think it's just more uh, they don't want to go listen to like – Sport's supposed to be fun. That's it. It's not political. Well, it is. Uh, it is a sort of a lecturing in a way. Like, what else are they kneeling for? They're kneeling to make a statement. Who are they making a statement to? Yeah. The people watching. True. What are they saying to the people watching? Don't be racist. Well, no one had been racist, right? It's been long enough that we've been hearing this same message. All right, we get it. It's been done, done and dusted. Can we move on and just get on with life? Not everything is about race. And racism, being racist, and now I'm sure that there was elements in that in that crowd because I think Millwall fans have a bit of a reputation because of things that have that have happened in the past. There would have been an element that you know are racist or booing because they are racist. Well, you've given them the opportunity to bring it out, but the majority, mm. I would say, are just bloody over it. You know, and you look at the NBA. The NBA has had their such a, a decrease in in uh, viewership this past season because fans are sick of being lectured to. 
about this movement that has been hijacked, defund the police and all this kind of extra bullshit that they've laid on top of it. It's just, it's the movement just doesn't hold any water anymore. You know, calling everything racist. Like another example is that um, Champions League match, Paris Saint-Germain against Istanbul, Basahir or whatever the, however you say their name. Dembaba, who's one of the assistant coaches or something of the Istanbul team. Yeah. I, I don't know. He, he, I can't exactly work out what happened with the incident. But the, the fourth official was pointing him out to the referee because he needed to be yellow carded or something. He'd done some indiscretion on the sideline. I don't know. I think that's the way it went. But he, in French, said to the referee, it's the black guy. So... Demba Bar's kicked up a stink. If I was white, you wouldn't you wouldn't say the white guy. I don't know this one. This one I'm uh, I struggle with. I think that he's throwing the toys out of the cot to a large extent. Maybe maybe he wouldn't say the white guy. But if there's a lineup of like your brother was saying earlier when he was here, if there's ten white guys and one black guy, to be descriptive, you're gonna you're gonna say, oh, it's the black guy. And vice versa, if there's 10 black guys and one white guy, to be, to make it known who you're talking about, you're going to say, oh, it's the white guy. So if you want equality, there's two. I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Do you have to bring you know the, the color of the person's skin into it at all when you're talking about someone? Or is it, is it equality to say, to say, you know, the black guy or the white guy and it's no big deal, it's just a description? It's not about being condescending to them. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to say. It's a tough one. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a bit uh, – unfortunately, we're not privy to what was actually really said. All right. No one else No one else was actually there. There's context to everything. There's three sides to every story. His side, the other guy's side, and the truth. But let's let's go with worst-case scenario. He actually was being – whether consciously or subconsciously, being racist, right? Because there was no need. Let's say there was no need to mention uh, the color of his skin by saying the black guy. He could have said, he could have, let's say, and he could have just gone, oh, this guy here, right? It was this guy here that that did. He could have just said the assistant coach. He needs to get a yellow card. Yeah, right? He could have said, oh, it's the assistant coach. Or he, I think he, he probably knew his name. He could have just, or he could have said, oh, it's, it's Demba Bar. Book him. He's, he needs a yellow card. Let's say he could have just done that. So by, in that case, by pointing out that he's the black guy, did it necessitate the whole team to walk off in, in protest and the match to be abandoned? Because that's the ultimate outcome that happened, right? Firstly, the Istanbul team walked off and the Paris Saint-Germain team followed them. I think that maybe just a complaint after the fact would have done the job. But I think the reaction was over the top for what it needed to be. He probably could have made the point, you don't need to say the black guy, and given him the op- given the fourth official the opportunity to say, fair enough, you're right, I shouldn't have said that. Can't people fucking clear shit up like that anymore these days? You know, give someone the opportunity to, to realise, okay, I made a mistake, I apologise for, for saying that. But it's got to go to the nth degree. No, we're going to walk off, protest, abandon the game. We're all going to get down on our knee. And, you know, this 
absolute ridiculousness that, that has to come out of every incident, whether it's minor or major. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, it's a very it's a very difficult one to comment. Someone could accuse me, oh, you're you're white, you're not black, you don't know what it's like. Yeah, but I know what it's like to have a fucking brain to think things through. I'd like to know what the guy was actually said, you know what I mean? I, and well, I just told you. He, he said he said it's the black guy. No, no, what I'm saying is what, what more do you need to know? No, but the way it was said, like there's the context it was like we don't know if it was pointing at him, like we we don't know. We make a lot of assumptions. Well, I said to you, let's go with with worst case. He said the black guy and pointed at him. How how bad is it? It's not nice. It's not nice if you're Demba Bar, right? Maybe you don't want to be referred to as the black guy. You'd rather just be referred to as as that guy. But still, people have done far worse, you know, in in the world. That's for sure. No, no. My my issue, my situation is this: that what should have happened was okay. If that was the case, whatever it was. The fourth officials get sent off and he's gone. Right? He gets replaced. And the game continues on. Okay, even that. Yeah. They could have taken the fourth official away. All right, you're you're done. You've said something you shouldn't have said. Just can you please leave leave the the side of the pitch? All right. And we'll all we'll all carry on and have a good time. But you know what? Even better would be give him the opportunity to realize that he's stuffed up and let him apologize to him face to face. On the spot, the 20 seconds after it happened. You know what I mean? Nobody has the opportunity anymore to say sorry. Sorry's never good enough. It's always you've got to you've got to punish, you've got to squash that person who stuffed up. All right. And there's no redemption for them. They can never come back from it. You've got to cancel them. It's just the world's the world's gone mad, man. Yeah, the world is uh, <laughs> uh, the world is an interesting place, isn't it, at the moment? But even but and and the other thing is even suggesting you know saying the things that I've just said oh you're racist now I'm racist I'm racist because I don't know what it's like to be that guy to have that color skin you can't have a voice because you don't have the right color skin that is actually racist to say that someone can't have an opinion because they don't have the right color skin that goes on now these days as well. You don't qualify to say anything. You can't have an opinion because your skin is white. So you can't have a, an opinion about someone whose skin is black. Racist. That's a racist concept. I've got, I've got, I've got one. For, did you hear that? Uh, did you hear, was it the, when they sang the Australian national anthem with a verse in, in the Aboriginal? Oh, in the, in the rugby union against Argentina. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty – actually, I didn't mind that. I think it's pretty cool. The only issue I have is – it's not an issue. It's a – it's it's a it's – a, because there's so many dialects, what dialect of Aboriginal do you use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard uh, somewhere on the radio they were talking about this. I think, like, when it's over, overseas – like, if it's an overseas match, then it's going to be hard to, you know, which – which Aboriginal dialect do you go with? In comparison to the New, Ze- the New Zealand Maoris, right, they pretty much have one's, one uniform language, so I hear, right? But Australian Aborigines have multiple different dialects. So I think that it, it makes sense in that case, just do it when it's a home game for, for the Australian team. Yeah, but it's, it's not even so much that the issue. The issue is if it's 
West Australia versus Victoria, hypothetically, and you're in the Wajak people in Perth, right? And then if <laughs> the game's in Victoria, well, what dialect do you use their local dialect? That's what I'm saying. So you do it with a bit of both, plus English. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying because I think it's actually. I don't actually have a problem with it. I personally. don't have a problem with it. I don't know. I don't have a problem. I reckon it's really good. I reckon it's very inclusive. I think it's good. My opinion is just where when it's the national team, you know, it's probably going to extend to other sports as well. But when you know when it's the national team, let's say they do it. Um, you know, in a particular location, they do it in that dialect. When they do it in another location in Australia, they do it in that dialect. If someone's available who knows how to do it, you know, in terms of, you know, as to sing it. Yeah, the other issue is like, you know, the Australian national anthem. Majority of people don't know the second verse anyway. Do you know the second verse? I do. The full second verse. You know the full second verse. I know the full second verse. Well, one of the few people. I know the first line. Learned it in, uh, in primary school. Do you, to, do, you to, do you want me to say it to you? Was it beneath our radiant Southern Cross? Beneath our radiant Southern Cross will toil with hearts and hands to make this commonwealth of ours renowned of all the lands. For those who've come across the seas, we've boundless plains to share. Oh, shit. <laughs> we've boundless <laughs> I think it might be um, with courage, let us all combine to advance Australia Fair, which is the same ending as the first. And is there, is there a third one as well? I don't know, but it could be, a, might third be a third verse. Well, I, we only ever sang the, the uh, first verse. So. I don't know why. It's year, year seven, and it always stuck in stuck in my head. Yeah, oh, that's fair. It's very um, very patriotic, aren't I? Very good of your primary school, which happens to be the primary school my daughter goes to, and um, they do do that. They do play that. Uh, they sing the whole lot as well. The whole lot, yeah. They Jesus, do. It's lasted all that time. All right, thanks for listening. And uh, for those of you who've got this far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, and Twitter. We don't use Twitter that much, but anyway, we're on there. Instagram and Facebook main, mainly. And like and subscribe, follow. Oh, see you, mate. All right, take it easy. Ciao. Fallo di Rumenighe. Suoriali, battuta la punizione. Cross di Gentile. Gol! Ha segnato Rossi. Tardelli Goal, goal Tardelli, raddoppio Tardelli Uno splendido gol di Tardelli Vai davanti Conti Traversone, alto Belli E sono tre, e sono tre Alto Belli Terzo gol di Alto Belli Campioni del mondo, campioni del mondo, campioni del mondo. L'Italia ha vinto la finale battendo la Germania per 3 a 1 insieme con il Brasile e tre volte campione del mondo. Ai titoli del 34 e del 38, al secondo posto del 70, il calcio azzurro aggiunge adesso il primo posto, il titolo di campione del mondo del 1982 
ed ecco che Juan Carlos Rezzi Spagna consegna a Zoff campione del mondo la Coppa del Mondo